Good morning. It is a blessing to be able to be with you this morning. I do want to start off by expressing my appreciation to the congregation, number one, for her support spiritually and monetarily. It is a blessing to be able to be supported by faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Singing this morning, it was was beautiful, was it not? It was beautiful to be able to sing to our, our God in heaven. Be turning over to First Chronicles 17. That's where we will be at this morning. First Chronicles 17. Our lesson is being okay with God's plans. Being okay with God's plans. You think about life. Life takes unexpected turns. You think about a man who may lose his job and now cannot support his family. You think about an unexpected death may occur in the family. You think about one who may have found out that they have just been diagnosed with a disease and now they have to live with that, perhaps for the rest of their lives. You think sometimes we may have certain ideas on how we think things ought to go. You think about Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, in which he thought Elihab would, would be the good choice for king, but God had someone else, and we know that to be David. You think about Peter. Peter, Peter thought it wise to defend Christ with violence. You go to the garden in John 18. And you think about David, and this is on our text this morning. David thought it wise to, he, he wanted to build a house for God, but God had something different. We need to remember that submitting our, submitting our, our, our plans or submitting ourselves to God will work out better for us in the future. Even though we think that something may work out, even though we think that our ideas or our plans or our thoughts might be better, Let's remember a couple things. Number one, submitting ourselves, this is not our main points, but think about this. Submitting ourselves to God, why, why are we to do this? Well, because he can direct our paths. You think about what the proverb writer said in Proverbs 3. and verses 5 and following, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct or make smooth or straight thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. We ought to trust God because he can direct our paths. But number two, we ought to trust God because his ways are better than ours. You think about what Isaiah said in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God knows better than we. We ought to submit to God's will because he already has seen in the future. You think about that with God. Think about one who he already knows where we're going to be, what we're going to say, what we're going to think. Why ought not we to include him in our planning? But I like this point. We ought to submit ourselves to God's will because he wants the best for us. I like that point. And we're going to stress that as we go throughout our lesson. God wants the best for us. You think about Jeremiah 29, verse number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Friends, God does not want us to fail. And the more that we realize that, the more we're going to appreciate God, and the more we're going to appreciate what he has in store for us. Again, God, God, wants, us, and God wants to bless us. And so when we realize that we should submit to God and his will, we're going to be more excited to, in the future to see what he has in store for us, because again, he wants the best for us. So let's go to First Chronicles 17 and draw some lessons as we go concerning being okay with God's plans. Number one, you know, sometimes we have great plans that we want to accomplish. And you think about that with David. Read with me First Chronicles 17 and verse number one. 
Now it came to pass, as David sat in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. Think about mankind. We have great ideas, do we not? You think about a preacher. A preacher may have great ways for, to help the congregation evangelize. You think about an inventor. He may discover something new that, that will, could cure cancer. You think about a man who may try to, to build, his house, uh, build a house for his family. Great ideas, things that we have, and we may get excited about these things. We'll plan, get the blueprints out, make sure that everything is in order, and we may have good intentions in doing so. However, sometimes, although our good our intentions are, sometimes it's not in the will of God. Sometimes we need to remember that. Although David had good intentions, we, we see in verse 1, he wanted to build a house for God. But although good, his, although, although good his intentions were, God had something else different. Think about us today. Sometimes we may have great ideas or we may think that something ought to go a certain way. But God, had some, God has something else. And so we need to keep that in mind. But number one, sometimes we have great plans we want to accomplish. But number two, sometimes we have great plans that we want to accomplish, but forget to consult God. I think this is an important lesson. Look, at, look with me at verse number two. Think about, again, David wanted to build a house for God. Nathan is, the prophet Nathan is there, but notice verse two. Then Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thine heart, for God is with thee. And it came to pass, verse 3, the same night that the, word of the, uh, that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David my servant, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. Think about us today. Sometimes we forget to consult the one in the higher position. Perhaps a, a, a preacher may, may have this, this, this great idea, but he forgets to consult the elders. And so the idea is it's, it's not going because it's going to either maybe hurt the congregation or maybe it's not beneficial. Think about in the business world, a junior analyst may forget to consult his boss before making a big decision, and he decided that, and now it hurt the company. Think about maybe a husband or a wife. They may make an enormous purchase without consulting the other first, and they realize, you know, we didn't have enough, enough money to do so. Friends, we need to remember that consulting God is the best decision that we need to, that we need to, we need to include God in our planning. Again, as we've talked about, he knows all things. But you think about the prophet Nathan. He did not. He should have said, let me talk to God first. But he said, go ahead, David. Go, go do what, what is in your heart. And of course, he had to go back to David because he didn't consult God. And so we need to remember to not speak where God has not spoken. We need to remember that when we forget to consult God, we sometimes, we may often find ourselves in unfortunate situations. We need to remember to consult God. I like this point. Think about a parent who wants to be involved in their child's life. You think about maybe involved in sports or, or performancing, you know, think music, things of that nature. They want to be involved in their lives. Well, that's God. God wants to be involved in his creation's life. We need to involve him in our planning because he wants to be involved. So let's involve God in the things that we do. And, and we know that David's statement was later turned down, again, because God was not in agreement with his proposition. Again, David or Nathan should have went to God before telling David that. But think about, let's ask ourselves this question for application. How often do we forget to consult God or include God in our planning? Perhaps we're on vacation. Do we remember, well, okay, it's Sunday. I need to find a place to worship God today. Or we say, well, I'm on vacation. I'll skip, skip this Sunday. We're at work. Do we remember to consult God in our planning? We're at the store. Do we remember to consult God in our planning? 
wherever the case might be, we need to remember to include God in our plans. Go with me to James chapter 4. You know, James chapter 4, notice what James writes in verses 13 and following concerning the idea of the Lord's will. James 4, verses 13 through and following, go to, go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. Notice verse 15. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. We need to remember to include God in every decision that we make. Whether that be big, whether that be small, God needs to be included. Often may say, what would God do? Or you know, remember those, those bracelets, what would Jesus do? That's what we ought to do. What would God do? What, what would God say in this situation? We need to remember not to, to, to always give a rash answer. Look, notice what the proverb writer said. Proverbs 18, verse 13. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. We need to remember that before we, we make a decision, let's include God in our planning. Let's think about the things that we're going through. And maybe perhaps we think that our way is better than God's. That's never true. That can never be true. Because God's ways are always perfect. And God's ways are always beneficial if we trust in Him. You think about before making a big decision. What ought we to do? Yes, we ought to consult God. But what are some steps that we ought to take? There's four steps. Very simple. Number one, we ought to pray. Number one, we ought to pray. I like this example in Luke chapter 6. Go with me to Luke chapter 6. In verses 12 and following, notice our Lord. Before choosing the apostles, notice what he does. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray. And notice this. And continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto, his, called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose twelve, whom he, also called, whom he also named apostles. Think about our Lord was very involved in prayer. And so before making a big decision, we ought to pray. We can ask for wisdom. We know James 1, verse 5, if any, man, if, any man, uh, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so when we, before making a big decision, we need to pray. But number two, we need to submit to God. We can pray, we, we ask for wisdom, things of that nature, but we need to submit to His will. But number three, maybe perhaps consult the, older, or the advice of older, wiser, and more experienced, those who have been through that. Get advice, things of that nature, before making a big decision. And then also, number four, examine both the, effort, both, both the benefits and hindrances of the decision. And so, yes, before we make a big decision, number two, sometimes we may have great plans that we want to accomplish, but we need to consult God first. We need to include God, God in our planning. Number three, you know, think about with David, sometimes we have great plans, <clears throat> Sometimes we may think that things will go, go well. Sometimes we may have this great desire, this great thing to accomplish said goal, but God says no. God says, and you think about there, there are four answers to prayer. We may ask of God a certain something, and he may say yes, that's one. He may say no, that's two. He may say yes, but you, you need to wait a little bit. But I love number four. No, but I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you something better. I like that one. Because God wants the best for us. And sometimes we need to remember that God's no's, N-O, are a blessing. God's no's are a blessing. And so we go back to our text. Notice with me, again, verses 3 and 4 of 1 Chronicles 17. And it came to pass the same night that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David, my servant, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not 
That's, that's a no. That's an answer. Uh, David wanted to build a house. God said no. You shall not, shall not build me a house to dwell in. And so after telling David it was okay to do so, Nathan heard from the Lord and he told him that, that, that God said no. And you think about God is like the parent that tells his child no, but not to provoke the child, not to make him mad, not to see if he can get him riled up, not to see if he can, what, it, what he can do to, to make him angry, but for his benefit, for his benefit, because he loves his children. And you think about God, God tells us no for many reasons. You think about God, perhaps the, the, the thing that we petition for maybe would harm us. You think about perhaps the thing we petitioned for was just for our own lust. You think about James 4, verse 3, you ask and receive not. Because you ask amiss, they may consume it upon your lusts. And perhaps the thing we petitioned for, God says no because it was not good enough. Again, I reference Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Again, we reiterate the idea God wants the best for us. God wants the best for us. And sometimes we may think that we know we have the best for us, but God says, no, I, I know better. Because again, he can see in the future. You think about this. Every time we look, we look back and we see that God's plan was always better, we may think about, for instance, <clears throat> we may request something of God. Father, Father please allow me to, 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 to have this job, to get this job. God says, no. And so years later, this man sees this and he says, man, I'm so glad God said no. I'm so glad God said no to my request. You think about a man who, who's in a relationship with someone, and he, or with a girl, and he says, God, I want to marry her. I hope this can work out. God says no. Years later, he marries a Christian woman. He says, God, I'm so thankful that you said no. Friends, God's, God's no's. Are sometimes a blessing, or are a blessing when we see how things work out. You think about this: God allows us to go through trials because it may help us in the long run. Think about the various trials that each one of us personally goes through, and you can think about that for our personal selves. The trials that we face, the things that God allows us to go through, and after we overcome that, think about how much of a blessing that was. And think about. You know, I, I went through that perhaps for, for, a said, for a said goal. Perhaps I can help others. We need to remember that God's no's are a blessing. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, notice verses 7 and following concerning Paul. You think about Paul. Paul requested three times that the thorn of the flesh be removed. But what did God say? Read with me, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and following. And the lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that there, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh... The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in my in infirmities, and in reproaches, and necessities, and persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong." Friends, let's understand that even though that God says no, his no's are a blessing. And you think about when we apply that to our lives, when we ask of God, God says no, and we understand that, we trust God, okay, God, I trust you. We're going to be better in the future knowing that God knows best. And you think about, I like this point, if God says it, then it must be good. If God said it must, be, it must be good, you think about what the proverb writer said in Proverbs 2 and in verse number 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge 
and understanding. Whatever God says, it must be good. So let's trust God. But number three, sometimes we may, we may have great plans. And even though we think it may work out, we may have good intentions like David did. Sometimes God says no. But number four, you know, sometimes we may have great plans. And again, we like this point, but God had something greater. And you go back to our text in First Chronicles 17, and you read verses 5 through 14. God would say, no, David, you're not going to build me a house. But read with me verse number 10. 1 Chronicles 17, verse 10. And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, moreover, I will subdue all thine enemies. Furthermore, I tell thee that the Lord will build thee a house. David wasn't going to build God a house, but God would build him a house. And you think about the the idea of the messianic nature in in this passage as well. But think about, sometimes, again, we may have great plans, And we may have great ideas, but God has something greater. And so we need to trust that. We need to remember that that God has our best interest in mind. Even though we may think it it might not work out, or or we think that we have something else in mind. Let's remember that God has something greater. Think about in our lives, I think sometimes we as Christians may fail in this, this aspect of how we look at God sometimes. I think sometimes we look at God as one who is just up in heaven, and we are his, his, quote, slaves. And that you just obey me and I, you know, I'll give you a reward. And I don't really care to have a relationship with you or just, just obey my regulations and, and, and we'll be fine. We're not saying that God does not require obedience because he does. Those who do not obey will be lost. However, let's understand that God wants to have a relationship with us. And it's apparent to, apparent to a child. So let's understand that Again, God wants the best for us. And let's not think that God is, is up in heaven waiting and dangling temptation right in front of us. Trying to out to get us. Trying to, 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 to want us to fail. Friends, that's not God. God does not want us to fail. He doesn't want us to be lost. I want you to notice a couple passages with me. Look at Ezekiel 18. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 23. Sometimes we need to fix our minds on how we look at God. We need to remember... Again, God does not want us to fail. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return, should return from his ways and live? Friends, the wicked, God is not, enjoy their, is not enjoying punishing the wicked. That's not where he gets his delight. Think about 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4. Who will have all men to be saved? What's all include? Every single one. That's you. That's me. That's the person tried for murder. That's the person that committed adultery. That's the person that lied. That's the person that did all of these things. God said, I want you in heaven. Friends, that's God. We need to fix our attitudes sometimes on how we look at God. No, God is not dangling sin right in front of us. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Friends, God doesn't want us to fail. And God is always looking for the best. He's not, not looking for the worst. You think about this, if the bird and the lily are taken care of, notice what our Lord said. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. And in verse number 26, I, like, I love what our Lord said. Notice Matthew 6, 26. You think about if all the things in the world, the birds, the lilies, the animals, all of these things are taken care of, which are not made in his image, how much more will he take care of that which is made in his image? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Now notice his question. Are you not much better than they? answer that question is simply yes, we are. And so if God is going to take care of them, how much more will he take care of his people, his 
children. You think about God will abundantly bless us and, and, and only good gifts come from God. James chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so yes, let's understand, let's, let's fix our attitude. Let's remember who God is. God does not want us to fail. He's not out to get us. He's not trying to, to, to see how, how far can, can I get him to sin. No, that's not God. He wants to bless us. He wants us to go to heaven. And yes, sometimes we may have great plans, but God has something greater as we see here. God would build David a house. But then notice our last point for, for this morning. Think about sometimes we may have great plans that we want to accomplish. Sometimes we may have great ideas, but when things don't work out, let's remember to praise and to thank God. God may say no. He says, I have something better, so let's trust that. Think about often when sometimes things don't work out. We may complain sometimes. You think maybe perhaps uh, maybe after the elders meeting, a deacon may go home, complain to his, to his wife. Sometimes we just need to roll with the punches. Sometimes we, may, we just need to, to say, okay, I'm going to trust God. You think about this. Go with me to First Chronicles 17. Look at verses 16 and following. Notice what David does. After hearing the answer from the Lord, after hearing a, a, simply a no to his request... Notice his attitude. Number one, he's humble. Number one, he's humble. Look at verse 16. And David the king came and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is mine house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And yet this was a small thing in thine eyes, O God, for thou hast also spoken of thy servant's house for a great while to come, and hast regarded me according to the estate of a man of, a high, of high degree, O Lord God. What can David speak more to thee for the honor of thy servant? For thou knowest thy servant. Think about David's humbleness here. Are we willing to be that? Are we, are we willing to, when God says no, when we request of something, when we think that this it should go this way, God says no, are we willing to say, okay, I'm humble enough to submit to your will? Yes, God will be more gracious to those who do submit to his will rather than those who think that they know it all. Let's submit to God. But also notice this. Not only was David humble, look at verses 20 through 22. He recognizes God's awesomeness. O Lord, verse 20, there is none like thee, neither is there any, any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Verse 21, and what one nation in the earth is like thy people Israel, whom God went to redeem to be his own people, to make thee a name of greatness and terribleness, by driving out nations from before thy people, whom thou hast redeemed out of Egypt. For thy people Israel didst thou make thine own people forever, and, uh, forever, and thou, Lord God, and thou, Lord, becamest their God. When things do not work out to how we think they ought to do, when we hear a no from God, is our first answer to say thank you, to say or to, to praise and to thank God. Perhaps we don't get the job that we want, or perhaps the relationship didn't work out, or perhaps we hear we have a specific disease. Do we say, why me? Or do we say, as you've heard, why not me? Friends, we need to understand that sometimes our trials are a blessing. We need to thank God first. Thessalonians 5 and verse number 18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. And so, yes, let's remember that, that we need to praise and to thank God, even though things don't work out. We can thank God for the opportunities, the, the, the situations that we go through in, every, in anything that we do. But notice verses 23 and, and following. Notice also what David does. He also desires that the will of the Lord be done. He desires that God's will be done. Verse 23, Therefore now, Lord, let the thing that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house be established forever and do as thou hast said. 
Let it even, verse 24, be established that thy name be, may be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel, even a God to Israel. And let the house of David, thy servant, be established before thee. For thou, O God, hast, hast told thy servant that thou wilt build him an house. Therefore thy servant hath found in his heart to pray before thee. Verse 26, And now, Lord, thou art God, and hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. Now, therefore, let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may be before thee forever. For thou blessest, O Lord, and it shall be blessed forever. God, let your will be done. Simply what David is saying. Even though that his request was denied, his attitude was admirable. Friends, we need to have that same attitude. When God says no, or when we don't get the request that we desire, or God says, no, but I have something better for you, let's trust God. And understand that his will, his knowledge, his plans will always work out better for us in the long end. Do you think about concerning as we close this morning? You know, it is not easy to submit to God's will. Again, because we have our own wills, we have our own desires, we have our own thoughts, we have our own plans. And we think that it may go, maybe better, my my plan's better, but no, that, that will never work out because God, again, knows what's best for us. And before we make rash decisions, Let's remember to consult God, because again, our Father, our Creator, wants to be involved in His creation. Not because He has to, but because He wants to. Because He loves every one of us, and He wants us to go to heaven. And so let's remember that. And although God may answer no to our requests, let's remember that His no's are a blessing. And again, He wants the best for us. We'll leave the lesson there for us to consider this morning. And maybe perhaps there's one here this morning, maybe who has not submitted to God's plan. Friends, God's plan is that you would become a Christian, that you would become his child. Would you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Would you believe that he died for you, that Jesus is deity? You know he is God. Would you repent of the sin that is in your life? That's a change of mind which leads to a change of action. I don't want to live in the world. I want to submit to God's plan. Would you confess that Jesus is the Son of God? Would you be baptized for the remission of your sins, to be added to the church, the body of Christ, to be a part of God's family? And to be able to go to heaven one day. Again, that's God's will. That's, that's what God wants you to do. But maybe perhaps you're here this morning. You are a Christian, but you've been perhaps struggling with sin. And you need to maybe perhaps confess that publicly, whatever that need may be. Again, let's keep in mind that God does not want you to miss heaven. There's not one person that God says, well, at least I got my 99. I'll leave the one out. There's not one person that God, God is content with out of heaven. And that includes you. And so if you'll come back, God would be as that father in Luke 15 waiting for you to come home. Not because he has to, as you're required to forgive you, but because he wants to forgive you. Because he loves you so much. If there's any one subject or is in need of anything of that nature, why don't you come as we stand? As we sing.